Hi everybody, my name is Landon Arena Slimes, you'll listen to episode 139 of the Vortex Apology Podcast. Welcome to the Vortex Apologetic, where substance reigns over mindless entertainment. Because biblical truth matters in a profound, timely, and urgent way in a lost and dying world. And now, introducing your humble servants in Jesus Christ, Ricardo, a.k.a. B, Arenas, and Jeff, the Brain, Claiborne. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for another blessed day you've given us, Lord. Uh, First of all, I want to thank you for another day of life, Lord, Uh, being able to go to the church building, Father, to honor and glorify your name, Lord. and with the congregation, uh, our home church, Father, and uh, thank you for uh, us being able to sing, Father, freely and worship your name, Lord, and also to that we prepare ourselves so that we can have, that we receive the, the message today, Lord, and thank you for uh, the word uh, that was preached to us out of Matthew 7, Lord. And Father, let us continue to be blessed throughout the week, Lord. Thank you this time you give us to gather again, my brother and I, Lord, and be able to record another podcast, Lord. It's a blessing, Father, to fellowship in this way, Lord, and not only that, Father, I'll be able to bless others that uh, actually uh, hear, listen to us, Lord, and uh, thank you for the opportunity you gave us, Lord, and the freedom you give us to share the good news of the gospel, Father, and also, Father, to look into things, Father, for our everyday life as Christians, Lord, and let us continue to stay faithful to your word, stay uh, faithful to the truth of uh, uh, doctrine and theology, the sound doctrine and theology, I should say, Lord, and let us continue, Father, to uh, just uh, give you honor and glory in all things, Father, and thank you for this time you give us. In Jesus' name I pray. Hey, amen. Amen. My brother. Well, it's good to be back for another podcast this week. It is. A lot From, to talk uh, about. Not- your new... Uh, office that's <laughs> a dungeon here the dungeon yes i'm yeah. already sweating like no one's business uh, my brother's is kind of i don't know he's picking on me today uh, i got i gotta put him through it folks he has to have a little bit of adversity in his life i'm just saying it's, uh, you know <laughs> it's like i'm trying to do a podcast in a sauna <laughs> <laughs> it's got a big huge cup of ice water <laughs> you, know? you know, I was here in San Diego. We tend to cry about what eighty degrees <laughs> temperature. That's too hot for us, bro. So we have a house full of grandkids running around, and it's kind of hard to do the podcast with the grandkids running uh-huh. around. You know, they seem eager to be part of it, right? They did, (laughs) but Daddy already said no. (laughs) That's a no, no. Yeah, because we talk about adult subjects. Correct. Correct. Yep. Yep. But what a blessing that they are actually intrigued by it. They are. Yes. You know, there hasn't been a time that I've come and when they're here visiting, and they just seem so curious about it you know and the right. things we talk about well, what a blessing you know that's amen and they love their grandfather that's for sure huh they love their oh, grandfather yeah. that's for sure 
Well, it's a mutual thing. <laughs> a lot of good yeah. stuff, bro. Um, anything uh, from last week's? Um, any uh, you know what? Or? No, but we got a good constant flow of downloads. Uh, that subject yeah. uh, that we touched upon there, or actually we got into, uh-huh. uh, regarding, uh, what was the subject? Um, it was about uh, uh, whether... Uh, happily divorced or... Unhappily married. married right? What's the, better for kids. Right. Exactly. Which was a man. That's 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 a hot topic because it's uh, oh. it's uh, it's not unique to non Christians, right, bro? Mm-hmm. I mean, even Christians go through that uh, same uh, battle. That's true. <laughs> that's true. So, I no questions, no comments, but we definitely got a good flow of downloads. We I think we got like forty, almost fifty, really? just in that week. Yeah, that was a hot subject. Must be so, a lot of people going through that. You know, the fact that we were able to, you know, give a biblical perspective and, uh, you know, and answer that question, you know, um, mm-hmm. I think uh, it's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good that there is that many downloads. I mean, it's going to be there for a while, so we'll try to repost it as much as we can and, you know, hopefully yeah. people will download it more. Are we getting shares maybe on some of Yeah, stuff? I'm assuming so. I mean, because 40, 50 oh. downloads in a week, that's good for us. <laughs> it's actually yeah, it really good for us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we try to get guests on the show, folks, but we kind of like, we constantly get the same response. Um, we we can't lower ourselves to that level. I, I, whatever that's supposed to mean, yeah. brother. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Or, or they don't. Wanna, or they don't want to lower themselves uh, to that. That's what to I'm this saying. Level. Oh, that's they, what you're they trying were to saying. They couldn't lower themselves to this level to come do this. I don't know. What is that supposed to mean? I don't know. So anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, just man. I'm jesting, folks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Usually, they're people busy probably tell you, you don't want to ruin your career. Yeah. you do not want to ruin yeah. your reputation. Exactly. <laughs> well, we have other hot subjects today. Okay. To deal All right. with, and you can think of a good title for this one. Oh yeah. But this has to do. We're going to talk about a couple of things, but this has the first one has to do with the pulpit. That place mm. where the sermons come from. Now, what pulpits. do you mean about what, what do you mean as far as sermons though? Well, I'm about to say a lot of pulpits <laughs> have been compromised. <laughs> I was going to say you specified. You almost that. Yeah. Let me. Uh, I'm gonna, Storytelling. I don't know. Share more about the individual's life than. Uh, well, okay. The real subject matter, why you going to pulpit before? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, we're going to talk about that, hmm. what it's going to be. Okay. So I'm, almost, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but I'm going to skim through it. Okay. Hit portions so that we get a picture, a kind of a flyover of what this is talking about. And you have mentioned to me several times Ed Litton. Yes. The pastor, uh, he's the president, new president of the Southern Baptist Convention. Yes, sir. That uh, religious political organization. Uh, and we've talked about his plagiarism. I think we've talked about that on the podcast, or did we talk about that personally? Uh, we talked about it personally. We did yeah. not bring it up on a podcast, but we, we did say we were going to address it. Okay. And... Uh, well, go ahead. You go. Keep going. Well, well, he was found to have a heresy known as partialism. Partialism. A huh? non-trinitarian 
within his church's doctrinal statement. Really? Within only hours of his election as the president of the SBC. And uh, he's, he's also... And he's still one, huh? Yes. And his father says, as if the SBC president not having an orthodox confession of faith is bad enough, Athanasius would have punched him in the face... <laughs> because we know the stories about Athanasius. Yeah. Uh, within a few hours, concerned Baptists noticed that the doctrinal statement was plagiarized on the church's website, lacking proper uh, attribution to the tr- church it was stolen from. So he's been known to plagiarize sermons for the last 15 years, including sermons of J.D. Greer and Tim Keller, and so, in some cases, word for word. And he's still president of the SBC, right? He's still president. I mean, I know he just got it, but he's still yes. president, right? Still president of the SBC. Now, before I put everybody to sleep, this fly keeps bugging me flying around here. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I had a fly that was trying to interrupt the podcast. Um, instead of resigning in disgrace, Lydon blamed his sermon writing team. Hmm. Now, he has a sermon writing team, and I'm like, hmm, because Dr. Gamble and I okay. had a little conversation and at one morning before the service, okay. and you know, we were talking about different stuff, and he says, have you heard of the docent or the docent group? I said, the who? <laughs> I had no clue what it was. So he sent me this information, and this is going to be a shocker, folks. So get ready. Strap yourself in. If you're driving, please pay attention to your driving. Don't run off the road while I'm giving this information, okay? Uh, and um, if you have to, pull over for a moment, <laughs> because this is oh, going to... Yeah. Uh, you, you have trust in your pastors that they actually read the scriptures, that they actually study the scriptures, that they actually glean things from the scriptures to give to you on Sunday morning from the pulpits. Well, we hope that is true of your church folks, and we hope that's true of your pastor. But it's not always true of all churches and all pastors. So, we continue... He did not resign in disgrace. Uh, He blamed his sermon writing team who gave him the words to preach. Wow. I know, I had the same reaction. I turned and looked at Dr. Gamble and I went, what? (laughs) And so uh, I've got to, I got to read this. So he texted me later and uh, I have to read to you what uh, we talked about. It says, um, Oh, where is it? Uh, Let me go down here. Here we are. Uh, He sent uh, information to me. I said, uh, I sent him my email address so he could send me the email uh, that I'm reading from now, uh, the information. And... uh, he said thanks, and I and I read it, and I said I texted him back, and I said, I knew it was a bunch of insurgent jerks. I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to use this article in the next 
podcast. <laughs> His response back was, Ha, I told David yesterday you were looking into this and said, I bet Jeff is going to explode over this. <laughs> Let me know when your podcast is up. <laughs> I said, I will. So he wants this podcast. This is awesome. So anyway, so let's get into the meat of this. Uh, as, vid- as videos began to drop of dozens of Lytton's plagiarized sermons, J.D. Greer wrote an article claiming that Lytton's plagiarism was flattering and gave him permission to use that which he found useful. Hmm. So, do you think J.D. Greer writes his own sermons? Oh, <laughs> here it comes. Yet not once... Did Ed Litton cite Greer in his sermons? Instead, he presented the sermons as his own material, as well as sermons from multiple pastors who gave Litton no such absolution. Hmm. Around the same time, Concerned Baptists found videos of Ed Litton admitting to lying, his word, to how much time he spends doing sermon prep. And J.D. Greer was found on video admitting to purchasing his sermon material. So, Lytton is plagiarizing Greer, who is purchasing the <laughs> sermons from the docent group. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know it was going to be a mess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like Lytton, Greer never told his congregation he was using work that was bought and paid for. So, who's the docent group? A brief synopsis of who the docent group is. Uh, soon it became clear through our research who Greer was using to write his sermons. The docent research group, and Greer, I think I'm pronouncing it right, is D-O-C-E-N-T. Uh, and Greer was not the only megachurch leftist pastor who was using their researchers researches to preach. Included were megachurch pastors like Tim Keller, who was on video endorsing docent, a, um, in particular a, a specific docent writer, and Matt Chandler. Chandler, yeah. So jump anytime you want, brother. Other pastors using docent to produce their material include, I don't know if you've heard some of these folks, I know some of them, Ronnie Floyd. <laughs> yep. Of course, we all know Mark Driscoll. Uh, Craig uh, Groeschel. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, Judd Wilhite. Wilhite. Yes. Uh, Matt Carter. Austin Stone. Dave Nielsen. Roger Patterson. Patrick Kelly, Ryan Rush, Vic Pence, and David Swanson. Wow, all these people purchasing? They're not doing their own study. They're not coming up with their own sermons. They're using the docent group does the research, writes the sermons, and they send it off to them. Pass it along, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now, this is not... That's heavy stuff, bro. It is. It's like, <laughs> as a church member, right? Mm-hmm. What would be your initial reaction to this if, let's say, Pastor Brian was buying his sermons? <laughs> David Gamble. I Jr. would be. I you know would, what I mean? I would be. Um, 
I would be calling for both of their resignations yeah. as pastors. Yeah. Yeah. I would be telling them. You okay. know what the amazing thing is, though? Mm-hmm. And this is where discernment, maturity, and spiritual maturity, right. and wisdom, you know, mm-hmm. take place a lot in the believer because, believe it or not, there's a lot of Christians that will give them a pass. It's okay. We're all, we're all, we're all not perfect, right? We're not, we're not perfect, bro. You know, but that's the level of immaturity or having no discernment or having no wisdom. Mm-hmm. Just like, eh, it's okay. Go ahead. No, that's all right. It's just a way to save time, I guess, and uh, put in all that work. But again, as a pastor, for the pastor that does spend time preparing for the sermon on Sunday, how many hours does it take? <clears throat> Shoot. I, Do it. Me, myself. And, and you know, yeah. I've told you this before. You know, I, I, I did the, the men's study a few times. Mm-hmm. And just studying to prepare myself for just a men's study. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. That was, that was, I mean, you saw the papers I brought you. It was like, right. how can I turn this into a little small outline? Right. The it time takes hours. And effort. It's like it takes hours so, of study, hours of preparation. I can appreciate a pastor that goes, mm-hmm. you know, above and beyond in preparing himself to preach the word. And not only that, he wants to get it right. Right. He wants to make sure he's preaching the word. Right. So yeah, just imagine those pastors that put that effort in time, seeing big names like these go. Right. I'm just buying a sermon. Was, um, it was you, Dan, and Noe uh-huh. that I had lead the study. Yeah. Before I don't know if anybody else did. Um, I can't remember if any, if anyone but, else, but, but no, we were the main ones. Did. And all of three of your reactions was, "How do you do it every week?" Yep. Because I was doing it on a weekly basis mm-hmm. for six, seven years. Yeah. And and working full time, mm-hmm. and teaching at a Christian school, on top of working full time, and. Hours of preparation for the lesson every every week, mm-hmm. and this kind of stuff just yeah it irks me. Yeah, it irks I bet. me. That's yeah. part of, that's that's why Doctor Campbell said oh, he's gonna he's gonna, <laughs> he's explode. gonna explode in this. Yeah, yeah, because he knows how hard I work. Uh-huh. He knows how many hours I put in. He knows how much sleep I lost. Not that Doctor Gamble know? knows all this. How he knows long it this. takes how to prepare. He's been he, doing it for, for such a long time. Oh, a long time. For years and years and years, he's well. He used to prepare. I know what it's like to teach at a Christian school. How much effort it takes to prep for the lesson, to put together exams, tests, quizzes, mm-hmm. to teach the lesson, and then to grade all of those papers. It, it's yeah. a lot of work. Well, yeah. he did. He was a, a seminary professor. Mm-hmm. Yep, teaching uh, philosophy and theology. And well, those aren't he, easy subjects either. No, and he, <laughs> I mean, he knows how much work it puts into it. Yeah. And, you know, Pastor Brian knows, David knows, Zach oh, knows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they know how, right. I mean, we're talking about people in our church, folks, that you probably don't know, but these are people who are dedicated to Christ, and they, when they bring you a message, it's fresh. Oh, yeah. So, oh, you yeah. know, it's fresh. It's not... It's not that they are good orators and they can fake it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that they're being going up behind the podium and becoming actors. It's that they have studied hard, they know the material, 
And they're bringing it to the people in the best way they know how. Yeah. To... to uh, feed the people, the feed the sheep, as as Christ said. Amen. Because uh, the word of God is simple and it's complicated. Mm-hmm. It's it's it can, but they relied upon the Holy Spirit to guide them and 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 what was needed that week out at that particular passage, and they did their own exegesis. Right? They oh, did yeah. their own. They they did their own research to determine the correct interpretation of the passage. Uh, they they homiletics. I mean, they did their own oh, yeah. own delivery. It, it's you know, it's a lot a lot of work, and it's it's a it's a labor of love for the people. Yeah. and that's what you have to do. Amen. You know, if you're going to be in ministry, that's what you're going to have to do. Including all the counseling and all of the calls that you get in the middle of the night of a crisis that you have to help the people with. You know, it could be someone who's had gone into the hospital. It could be someone mm-hmm. who's passed away. It could be a family that's in crisis because of finances or issues in the marriage. And you're dealing with these things all the time. I, I compare to being a pastor similar to being a police officer. Mm. And that you're dealing with difficult circumstances all the time. Yeah. Right? Right. And so, um, but you're not arresting people and taking them to jail. You're not walking into situations where you might get into a firefight with a gun, you know. But you are dealing with difficult situations and you are, and it is emotionally and uh, mentally draining. Oh, yeah. And just think about it. Every person is different. Right. Attitudes are different. Yeah. Responses are different. (laughs) Now, let's take what we've just discussed and and, uh, compare it to what I'm about to read. Do it. Organizations using docent group to write their articles include The Witness, formerly RAN, R-A-A-N, and the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, E-R-L-C. Surely these sermon writers property attributed or not, were orthodox. Solid believers? We found through our research that without exception, the do- excuse me, the docent writers, or docent writers, I'm going to say docent, but I'm going to say it's a long go. The docent writers were egalitarian feminist, critical race theorist, Marxist, or at least anti-capitalist, and social or political progressives. That's funny, because I was just going to ask you, what is this, like a Christian organization, or are there Christians in the organization? But you just answered that question. (laughs) Well, they mimic it, though. Watch. Surely these sermon writers were properly trained. Nope. Mm. (laughs) While a few were still in Bible college or seminary, many had degrees in sociology, political science, race studies, and gender studies. Race studies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't mean to, to laugh, but I mean, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's unbelievable, right? Pretty laughable, I'd but say. <laughs> it's believable and unbelievable at the same time. But anyway, surely these sermon writers were affiliated with good Protestant and evangelical churches, 
again, no. Some were Roman Catholics, mm -hmm. like Ronnie Floyd and Tim Keller's re uh, researcher, whoever that is. Some were United Methodists, and there's at least one practicing homosexual in there. Hmm. We are unsure what synagogue of Satan he attends. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Essentially, how they write. This is pro protestia, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is yeah. why it's written. Formerly known as pulpit and pen. Yeah. For those yeah. that don't know. That's the one. Uh -huh. <laughs> These writers include most prominently Brad uh, Vermulen. Vermulen? Vermulen. I'm going to say Vermelin, right. uh, whose academic work shows he is a Roman Catholic whose expertise is in using new Calvinism to turn evangelicals to the political left. Did I not say there were political operatives in the church? You have said that, yes. Yeah. 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 And probably deep state operatives. They probably actually work for intelligence agencies, but they're mimicking. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're acting like they're, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know. Yeah. Pastors or sermon writers or whatever. And folks, just yeah. when I, I was thinking in my head, you know, the brain can be kind of crazy sometimes. You know, he can be a little crazy in some of the stuff he says. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Now I'm eating a lot of those words, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm totally the man. Uh, you know, he knows his stuff. He I'm knows what he's talking about. I'm completely loony. <laughs> no question about it. So. I just haven't had the examination yet. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that might be coming, though, with FEMA camps. You never know. <laughs> this is on the... This is on the... I'm jesting. Anyway, uh, this is on his resume, actually, that he's a Roman Catholic, but specializes in New Calvinism, the term evangelicals. So mm. if you want somebody who can give you a sermon to push people toward the political left, he's mm. your guy. Mm, yeah. There you go. So, <laughs> this is on his resume, which includes giving talks on the positive aspects of Marxism. Okay. Yeah. Keller could not have spoken more highly of him, and Floyd used him to help restructure the SBC in 2010. Uh, that would be the Southern Baptist Convention, for mm -hmm. those who don't know what the SBC is. Uh, marking the end of the conservative reign of the denomination. Now, other writers include Col uh, Colin Wright, Drew Tucker, who appears to have written for Greer, uh, Caleb McMurphy, who's gay, apparently. Hmm. A sodomite. Uh, Robbie Foreman associated with Driscoll, Democrat activist Zach Nielsen, feminist preacher Heather Joy Zimmerman, and Lifeways Ashley Gorman, who wrote an article praising Planned Parenthood and attacking pro-life Christians. <laughs> Grayson Pope was annoyed enough at Lifeway for not attributing him to articles he wrote about it on his own website. These are just a few of the docent writers we found. Good, godly, orthodox, right? You know? Yeah. That's Reformed, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, yeah. no, not at all. <laughs> Most have been scrubbing their social media and websites of references to docent since about the middle of the week that Ed Litton was elected SBC president and the docent scandal broke. 
One former writer for Docent stands out, Jared Wilson of the Gospel Coalition. Uh-huh. Yeah. The formerly supposed, you know, Protestant Reformation, Reformed, yeah, organization, right. Okay. Anyway, Wilson, <laughs> Wilson complained that one of his clients didn't want any exegesis. That he didn't want Wilson to do the exegesis yeah, on this. Yeah. yeah. The theological work which produces sermons, uh, but only research and illustrations. In other words, most clients wanted exegesis. The job of the pastor, not the job of the docent group. Mm. In damage control mode, docent uh, has been claiming it only provides illustrations, surveys, and research, but not exegetical sermon work. Jared Wilson, bless his heart, testifies differently. <laughs> you know when they say, bless your little heart in the South, yeah, they're, mm -hmm. they're saying, you, you, you poor ignorant soul. Uh, the uh, The... Anyway, uh, the public faces a docent, I'm sorry, the public faces of docent, unlike those of their writers, are placed on their website and aren't any better in terms of their unabashed liberalism. Docent founder Glenn Luck, uh, it's L-U-C-K-E, is a BFF of Russell Moore. Here's a name that's going to get you to jump out of your chair. If you're driving, folks, please pull over and take a moment. <laughs> Don't wreck your car, okay? Albert Moeller mm. endorsed his book. And you're sipping water as I'm saying this. <laughs> I held my breath. <laughs> Still a sip of water. I warned you. Which discussed how to use the pulpit to change the way evangelicals vote. <laughs> yeah. Most of his scholarly work is on social justice. James Gordon, a colleague of Ed Stetzer's at Wheaton, is the second in command of Docent. He deleted his Twitter account, but not before it was noticed that he offered to light the first match to burn down American cities during last summer's George Floyd riots. Jeez. There's your bigger connection yep. to the globalist. Like a faithful critical race theorist, Gordon tweeted out, according to my definition, black people can't be racist. Taught in all the universities as well. Oh, Joy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joy Harrison, I'm sorry, Joy, Joy Harris, excuse me. I put an S-O-N on the end there. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, you shouldn't have done that. I'll do penance later. <laughs> Not really. Uh, Joy Harris, the third public figure featured at Docent, works directly for Michael Ware. Where do they come up with these names? Uh, you know? I, like, whatever happened to Smith, Jones, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, you might know him as... President Obama's ambassador to America's believers. Everything we need to know about him. The Democrat activist has been featured on the Gospel Coalition, hmm. preached at J.D. Greer's church, and been published fre frequently on the website of the ERLC, all docent-related organizations. 
The last and final public face of docent is Amber Bowen, who works for Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary's Intersection Department. Of course, intersectionality, right? Right. Part right. of the critical race theory. Has praised the work of Marxists and uses preferred pronouns for the transgender. Mm. Cost. What are churches paying for pastors to not do their job? We have the screenshots and PDFs from Docent provided in the lengthier piece. In summary, using Docent costs between three to $10,000 per project. What? $3,000 to $10,000. We're in the wrong business, bro. For so we should be writing sermons. We should be writing some rent. <laughs> I mean, by the accolades of all these people, come on. I'm sure we can come I, up with some pretty good stuff. I, I could write some good sermons. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm retired. Throwing a little bit of social justice in there, yeah. mixed in with a little intersectionality, you know. We can make some brother some money, brother. We can make some money, bro. Yeah. We can, Man. Yeah. <laughs> Telling you this podcasting thing, we might have to rethink this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, this is horrible. Uh, although cheaper annual fees vary based upon the services rendered, we could we could give a ten percent discount for annual payments. There you go. I like that. I mean, that's see? a great idea. You're saving right them money yeah. while we're making money. You know, well, come that's on. What I'm saying, we just make it up as we go. <laughs> As has been as has been the con- okay conclusion as has been the conviction of this website for some time there are enemies in the church well not just enemies I believe they're globalist insurgents hmm. um, so they even produce a, a documentary about it but he says uh, we've been pointing out at the gospel co- coalition the whole time. The hub of the fraudulent and destructive ideology forcing itself upon the church. As I've said many times, genuine moves of God begin in the pulpit, go out into the pews, and work their way toward outward toward the world. And that's true. There's truth Very to true. That. Yeah, social justice has been forced upon the pews from the pulpit which has been influenced by the world and the vain philosophies we were warned about in Colossians chapter 2. As I've said many times, it seems as though all of the social justice mega-pastors, from J.D. Greer to Matt Chandler to Tim Keller, are preaching from the same script. It now seems as though they literally are. Getting the sermons from the same people. Pulpit crimes have been committed against the church. Here they are. Pastors have plagiarized the work of others, attributing their labor to themselves. Pastors have derelicted their duty to do their own study. Pastors or churches, unknowingly, have been paying people to do their pastor's jobs. Those writing the sermons and providing the research for nearly a million people a week, according to Docent, are social justice commies... Sodomites, I'll use my own word there, Romanist, <laughs> critical race theorist, and feminist. Hmm. But old brain here is far out in the Lulu land somewhere, right? You know, you're in Looneyville right now, bro. Yeah. <laughs> the church has been invaded. This is a call to action for the Christian church. So, what do you do? 
Ask your pastor if he's ever used docent or a similar group to help his sermon research. Hmm. Pastors should be doing their own doggone sermon research. Stop being lazy. And stop trying to be activist in the pulpit. If so, ask to see the research they provided him compared to the sermon he preached. If he did not preach his own words without attributing them to the original author, fire him for thievery. 1 Timothy 5.20 If he has been using church funds to provide a service that he is already paid to do, fire him for thievery. 1 Timothy 5.20 (laughs) Ask your church if there are... This is the last one. Ask your church if there are anyone within it who has written for docent or a similar group, ghost-writing sermons for pastors knowing their words would not be attributed. Begin the Matthew 18 process to correct them, which is church discipline. <laughs> yep, yep. Wow. It's I got big, one. It's way bigger than I thought. <laughs> I brought one on you this time, bro. You brought one on you. got my gears grinding now. <laughs> Man, but brother, what what harm is little a little plagiarism here and there is gonna do? I used to catch students plagiarizing, uh-huh. and they got in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big no no. Actually, it's a big no no. That's a big no no. Yeah, especially if you're gonna if you are anticipating or not anticipating, I should say, if you're considering being a writer or yeah. whatever the case may be, but you're gonna write. Don't write anybody else's work. Do your own. Do your own research. Your own own research. And, and attrib- anybody you quote, you have to attribute it Got to attribution, them. Attribution there. Right. Everybody, you give them credit. Even if it's the smallest oh. tiny print at the bottom and it gives them credit, that's giving them credit. Right. Give <laughs> Just them credit. name them. Give them credit. You can name them in the, in the paragraph or you can name them in a footnote. And a footnote, exactly. Yeah. Make the citation. I know the, I know the footnote is the popular way to do it, but I, yeah. I like name them in the paragraph. Yeah. I, I, just I, say I, so, I, like, I like to see it there. Yeah. So-and-so yeah. said this. And right. I give the quote, you know. Man, that's amazing. <laughs> but... We've been talking, you know, for a while now in regards to the done world spiral of the SBC. Yes. We've been talking about Al Mueller. It's only a matter of time before he gets kicked out or he gets, you know, somebody else gets voted in. You mean to uh, India? Into the presidency of the SBC. We knew that was going to end. Right. Well, yeah, he was never president, was he? I thought he was. Was he president? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. I thought yeah, that's he was... why he fell short this time. You know, oh, okay. but we knew. I thought eventually. he was running for president. No, no, he was a president. Who was president before him? Wasn't it? Some, I, I somebody, can't remember. Somebody can't else was remember. president, but yeah. they were in a controversy as well, I yeah. believe. And he became president after that. Yeah. Well, where was I? Yeah. No, he'd been president all along. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. But we were talking about you know mm-hmm. because of you know. Uh, the social justice statement and some of these things that he didn't sign and he didn't come out and right. you know yeah. uh, 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 supported it that right. we saw kind of kind of where this whole thing was going yeah yeah um, we did yeah. so this is huge I mean <laughs> I'm sure there's more going to come out out of this I mean it's 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 a scandal now you know it's right but guess what I found the the way to deal with uh, with uh, plagiarism brother okay. So I got a, 
another article here since we're on the same subject here. All right. Pastor resigns after sermon plagiarism scandal. Ed Litton, take note. Again, it's a protestia. As only they could put it. I figured, yep. A pastor in North Carolina, that's where you're heading, has resigned from the pastorate after getting caught plagiarizing sermons over the summer and passing them, passing them off as his own. An act his church says disqualifies him from ministry, and the pastor himself himself agrees. That's true. It does disqualify because that? that's the work of the pastor is to do their own exegesis. That's mm-hmm. in the scriptures. Yep. Yep. That's yep. what this. That's a qualification for a pastor in the scripture. Apt to teach, and that means apt to research. You have to be able to. You you have to know the scriptures. That's one of the qualifications of the pastor. Yeah. And you have to be able to do your own sermon prep, and you have to be able to mm-hmm. deliver it. You know, and right. so it's. If you don't, I've often said I, I have hated these sermon uh, journals, these, uh, not sermon journals, the Sunday school, the Sunday school journals, you know, uh-huh. where they, yeah. you know, you op- okay, you open up the page so-and-so, this is our lesson in Sunday school today, yeah, yeah. right? SBC is big on those. Yeah. I've hated those things ever since I was a kid because I felt like, well, you don't know anything. You're just reading from the journal. You're just reading from the pamphlet, <laughs> exactly. the, the, the publication, whatever it is. The sermon, the Sunday school the publication. The Sunday school publication, right? Yeah, right. for the, you know, okay, on um, this date you do this lesson. I'm going, no. If you can't get, if you can't open up the scriptures, study it for yourself, figure it out yourself, write it yourself, and deliver it yourself. Go do something else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? That's true. Because you're not that's qualified. Exactly. You know? exactly. Exactly. And that's the, one of the big problems. We have a lot of unqualified people in the pulpit. We do. All throughout the United States. Yep. Uh, it says here, speaking to his congregation this morning via pre-taped segment, Pastor Greg King, a SBTS graduate, uh, told Five Stones Church in Waxhaw, North Carolina. That's totally a North Carolina city name. Waxhaw. Waxhaw. What? <laughs> Waxhaw. That almost Waxhaw. Like... Waxhaw. W-A-X-H-A-W. You know what that sounded like? What? Wax on, wax off. It did. <laughs> <laughs> Where did they get these names? Wax okay. On, anyway. Wax on, wax off, North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> So, after being previously chastised and disciplined for preaching another man's sermon, he continued the behavior and started preaching plagiarizing messages over the summer that were not his own. His fellow elders confronted him about it, exercised church discipline, and removed and removed from removed him from the pulpit. Here's the actual uh, letter that was sent to the church. Hey, Five Stones, it's hard for me to believe that this July marks 25 years that I've been in full-time ministry. This is the pastor that got caught plagiarizing writing this, or saying this. With 12 of these years being the teaching pastor at Five Stones, over the course of that 25 years, I've been blessed to be a part of so many people's lives, and I've shared the gospel. And while the majority of that time has been nothing but up but has been nothing but up today is a difficult day as I need to confess that this summer I preached someone else's sermons. Some will ask, 
Was this an isolated occurrence? And the answer to that is no. The elders had addressed this issue with me in the past after after uh, in the past after several meetings with the elders. It was agreed that it would be in the best interest of five stones and myself for me to turn in my resignation. He got caught. Oh yeah, of course he did. Okay, otherwise he would still be doing it. Right. Thankfully, Five Stones has never been about one personality, but instead it's been a plurality of leadership. And so it's important for the church to hear me say that I support the elders. Well, even if it didn't support the other, he's still getting booted. <laughs> a, politi- a, a, a political way of bowing out. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I am confident that Five Stones will continue to help people take their next step in God with God in the days ahead, and I pray you will forgive me for those choices that I have made. Not, uh, thank you, Church, for how you have loved and supported our family over the years. We spoke to a congregant from Five Stones Church, asking her whether or not anyone was taking a cavalier attitude about the plagiarism or minimizing its gravity. She told us, Quoting here, no one of the congregants has expressed that they view this as a non-issue. Everyone is very sad and feels that the church has handled it well. In some sense, I guess I would tell pastors we do feel we do feel it when you're not doing the work yourself. And what I really appreciated was the elders taking it seriously and Greg's willingness to be publicly repentant. He didn't defend the practice at all. We commend both both. Five Stones leadership for not tolerating it, unlike a certain congregation whose pastor is caught in near-identical circumstances, as well as former Pastor King for publicly repenting of it. Also unlike a certain Southern Baptist Convention president and pastor. <laughs> you know, with it, with they had to take their shot at Lytton. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, but, well, I mean, that's, that's a very... Do you think it's a good way of doing it in this regard? Letting the pastor who got caught mm-hmm. address the congregation mm-hmm. and obviously him in agreeing with the elders. Mm-hmm. Or should have been the elders that should have brought it to the church's attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, like we saw it right, and we read it right now. I mean, right. it's a very political kind of approach. Right. And, and, and you know? elders, when we say elders, folks, we mean pastors. Correct. Right, multiple pastors. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So um, the fact that he did a Public repentance mm-hmm. could be one of two things. It could be he got lazy mm-hmm. and just said, hey, this is an easy way to to do this, right? Yeah, and, and, and sure. That could be it. And, um, and then he realized later he was wrong. Right. Or it was a ruse. Mm-hmm. It's one or the other. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it, you know, it could have been, uh, well, I'll give a public apology and so forth, and like every other politician does, and, and yeah. slide my way through it. Yeah. You probably got advice to do it that way. Sure. You know, I mean, that's another possibility. So we don't know what the truth is on that, mm-hmm. but um, that's the two two ways that it's it could be handled that way. Sure, right. So here's the thing, folks. Choose your churches carefully. Yeah. And choose your pastors carefully. Um, these days, you can't trust them. You've got to interview them. You've got the, my son, Gabe, mm-hmm. um, who is married and has two, two twin boys. 
Oh, right? yeah. My twin grandsons um, recently moved to North Carolina, mm-hmm. as you know, uh, where we're heading, and he found a church. And before he decided to, that he might consider joining the church, he had a two-hour conversation with that pastor, mm-hmm. and he drilled that pastor. Good job, Gabe. He drilled him. I mean, he asked hard questions. Yeah. You know, and uh, and made sure that uh, the pastor was on online with what he would what he was wanting. You know, yeah. as far as you know, he, he addressed they they talked about critical race theory. They talked about um, you know Calvinism, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they talked or you know the doctrines of grace, right? They talked mm-hmm. about that. Right. They talked about a number of different things. I mean, the important things, right? Right. And um, it's funny because he, he sits down he, he, with the pastor. This is a Reformed Presbyterian church. <laughs> and he sits down. He goes, uh, so, uh, Gabe goes, so uh, are you a five-point Calvinist? And, the, and I'm just straight out, right? Yeah. And, and, the, and the pastor goes, uh, well, um, and it, it's like he's, his mind is turning in his head to try and explain why he's taking that position, mm-hmm. right? Like, how, okay, i got to explain this, right? And before he could get a word out, Gabe's looking at him and goes, well, I'm five-point Calvinist, so I just need to know if you are. <laughs> the pastor goes, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, he, he didn't know which way Gabe yeah, was going to go, right? So yeah. he's like... And then, and then the oh, response was, <laughs> then the response was, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. A five-point Calvinist from California? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So anyway, so that's uh, where that was. Anyway, so we're, we're both heating up, folks, because we're doing this podcast in the garage. Yeah. And uh, I can I can tell I, you probably need another glass of water, brother. You, you, I think you're going to Brain expire. Brain is torturing me. me in here <laughs> in this dungeon that he has. And the reason is because I got grandkids running all over the house, and the house is empty. Yeah. <laughs> My office is here in the garage now. <laughs> so. I, I, I thought is he becoming a nomad or something? He's selling everything and emptying his house. <laughs> <laughs> becoming a. I'm becoming a bargaining Jew or yeah, something. I'm telling you. Anyway, um, so. But it's uh, very important, though, brother. Yeah. You, you you made the point. Especially, you know, when you are trying to join a new church, uh, you move, you know, you have to look for a new church. Right. This is, this is important, you know, important things to know about, you know, the, uh, the, um, the elders, the pastors there at the church. You know, and you always mm-hmm. want to make sure that your doctrine, doctrine of theology, you know, trying to find, uh, you right. know, spiritual minds that are the same as yours, you right. know. Um, right. So my theory is that uh, deep state operatives, these uh, people who want to push globalism mm-hmm. over nationalism and want to, shall we say, depopulate the earth. I mean, right? pretty much, right? Right. And they want to push certain ideologies, uh-huh. right? Uh, are infiltrating the church, and right there you read it mm-hmm. the way that's being done. Right, that's how it's being done. The now, docent group is one does of the that, groups that does, does it. I mean, does it bring some sort of concern concern in regards to you know the church's condition at the moment? 
I mean, these names you said, these names we we uh, you know you wrote, you read about, they're not small names. I mean, they're no. big names. They got big churches, right? And some of them had campuses, bro. Right. <laughs> so it's a lot, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of people in the body of Christ there, mm-hmm. and they have a lot to lose. A lot. Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing, right? That things like this are being exposed because then yes you know it's you know we've spoken about a reformation from our pulpits you know getting that pulpit cleaned up to where people are held accountable yeah the 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 evil is being exposed in the world banking system Mm -hmm. the evil is being exposed in what has already been exposed in the vatican and the evil is being exposed in washington dc the 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 evil of the politicians in washington dc yeah and now the evil's being exposed in the churches, or the, the pulpits, as we might say. Not not the people who are occupying the pews necessarily. Right. I mean, there's a mixture there, right? Mm-hmm. There's wheat, oh, yeah. wheat and tear together in the pews. Right. But the pulpits are corrupted. Yeah. And uh, that's being exposed. So God is cleaning house. And uh, there's a lot of dirt. That's a yeah. good thing, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing. <laughs> All right. Switch subjects real quick. Yeah. What else you got for us? I know I, you had, uh... I read about, I read an article just yesterday, actually, uh-huh. uh, on the vaccines and um, yeah, these mandates. People, employers wanting to mandate the vaccines and stuff. Oh, yeah. And I'm I'll, on that bus, too. I'll add I'll, I'll this one based upon what I read. I don't have the article up, but uh, just basic information. Um if if your employer is requiring you to get the vaccine but you don't want to get it because you don't trust it, um, here's what you do. Ask for the original policy by the company. Make sure it's delivered to you by email or however. Mm-hmm. It could be in person. In writing. And then, tell, and then say, I need time to sit down and review this. It's going to be 20, 30 pages, maybe 40 pages written in legalese, right? Yeah. <laughs> Black's, Law Library, uh, Black's Law Dictionary excuse me, would help you with, with the legal languages. Or if you need to show it to a lawyer so the lawyer can interpret it for you, that'd be fine too. But there's always exceptions. There's always exemptions mm-hmm. in those things. Right. Okay. And if they're saying that, uh, well, this is based upon a law or a federal statute of some sort, mm-hmm. or a mandate, yeah. ask for the mandate, the federal statute, or the law in writing. Okay, give it to me. I'm not taking the vaccine until I've had opportunity to review this information. I want to see what it actually says in black and white for myself. They have to yeah. do that for right. you. Right? If they don't, you can sue them. Now, once you get it, look for the exemptions. There are there'll probably be medical exemptions in there, and there'll probably be religious exemptions in there. As a matter of fact, I heard on the news just things today mm-hmm. that uh, uh, Biden has uh, the you know, president of the Corporation of America, not the yeah. president of the Republic of America. <laughs> just want to make that distinction. Uh, he, uh, he has exemptions, he has religious exemptions in these yeah. vaccine mandates. Mm-hmm. So remember that, because if you have, if, if 
using um, the tissue of aborted babies mm-hmm. offends you when it comes to the development of the, of the vaccines, and they were all developed in the 80s based upon that. Mm. And the 80s were affecting the vaccines made today, or the, the mRNA made today, because it's it's a part of its development. Uh, aborted baby tissue was used in its development. That's enough to exempt yourself religiously if that's very offensive to you, and it's, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. as a Christian, you don't like that. That's... You can say all you have to tell your employer or write the write the email or the whatever text or whatever you send. Uh, Mr. So-and-so or supervisor so-and-so, whatever it is, have with a date. Uh, I am religiously exempt from taking the vaccination. Mm. Your name, sincerely, your name. That's it. That's all you have to write. You don't have to tell them what in your religion where it is a problem. Don't quote scripture. Don't give them any ammo to come back and make an argument back at you theologically because they'll find people like this docent group to do it. Just tell them, I'm, I've, thank you, you say it this way, thank you for giving me the opportunity to review the documents Based upon my reading of them, I or I wouldn't even say that. Just say I am religiously exempt from the vaccine. Period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And copy off the HR. Yeah. And if they try to question you further, or oh, what is it about your religion? That's none of your business. My my religion is none of your business. And you cannot discriminate against me legally on federal statute. You cannot discriminate against me based upon my religion. I'm religiously exempt. End of story. Period. Right. If you and look for the medical exemptions, if one of those applies, use it, and and you can get out of it. So that's that's uh, just a little something, a little tidbit to help folks who are that's good. That's good. Stressing brother. out right now, so because uh, <clears throat> it's coming. I mean, the president already <laughs> came out. He's like Fauci. He just goes from one side to the other. Doesn't can't even give you a straight up answer. He says one thing, and then when he's faced uh, uh, with the facts of what he said, he goes against that individual and it starts. To tell, it's all over the place. But anyways. You know, working as you know for the federal government, you know it's already you know the the VA is the first one the way they went to right you know uh, mandatory vaccination, but that's because yeah. they're you know dealing with patients mm-hmm. right in front of them. Uh, but for other you know agencies, that's the lingering question. You right. know, they're going to make everybody mandate you know vax mandate. Uh, they're still deciding upon our union. Personally, I would make them fire me. Oh, it's that. That's. I mean, that's what we're yeah. thinking as well. And then I would charge them with religious discrimination. Yeah. Especially if I've already told them I'm religiously exempt. Yeah. Because what you're doing, you're setting them up for the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And if they're thinking and they've got a good legal department, they know that. Yeah. And they're going to go hands off. Right. Mm. Right. So we're thinking that as well because. Right. right. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, they're already talking about. Well, it's either going to be. You know, vaccination mandated, or you have to get tested often. 
at their expense. So, I don't know. We shall see. <laughs> well, that testing is not good either. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. It's, 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 the globalists are laughing at people who take, this, take that kind of stuff seriously. Oh, yeah, of course. Because they're looking, sitting back going, yeah, we got them. Right. We're controlling them, you know. Right. We're, um, <laughs> yeah, they, they've, um, they're laughing. And, and the whole up the nose thing, mm-hmm. that's, their, that's their sense of humor. We'll, well, let's make them stick that thing up their nose and just uh, play with them that way. They're toying with you, folks. Yeah. They're toying with you. And that's that's where that's coming from. So, yeah. I mean, the, that, the test is not accurate. It's already been proven that that test has nothing to do with COVID. Exactly. The originator of the test has stated, he's passed away now, but he originally stated that it was not designed to test COVID. Yeah. And not only that, this whole second variant of it, <clears throat> the test that we're running, he says it, it doesn't even detect it. Right. It's like, it's it's under the radar. Uh, they don't even detect it, so it's like, what's the point? <laughs> can I read you something? Yes. Uh, let me, uh, you'll like this. Okay. I'm going I'm to just put this on the podcast. Put it, put it on the podcast, bro. Information flows through a fire hose. Time is ticking, taking a licking. Round and round the propaganda flows. Injections are sticking. Injuries are clicking. The truth shall set you free. Suffering deception in mass. Who knows the truth with glee? Teacher gaslights the class. Bodies washing up in floods. Evil exposed from a watery grave. Slavery exposed in tunnels of blood. Time to wake up and join the brave. Deep sleep delta disrupted. Global war comes home to roast. To roost, excuse me. People elected to be corrupted. People stirred, rising, give a boost. Things seem normal in summer heat. Autumn breeze blows cold, not a fan. More lockdowns and masks and pokes to greet. Power and control by mandates a plan. Two presidents, two agendas, two nations in one. A federation and a corporation at war. One is lost and one is won. The people are tired and sore. God's will reigns over evil intents. People pray for relief. The battle raging, warrior combat intents. Victory to great belief. <laughs> I wrote that last Did month. you write that? Oh, I was going to say, it looks like it's um, something that you would write. <laughs> yeah, something I would write. Did you play ra- plagiarize this, bro? <laughs> I plagiarized myself, bro. Plagiarized. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. That was amazing, bro. Yeah, thank you. It was good. I like that. But it kind of tells the story in a poem. It does. It does. You know. Yep. I mean, it's exactly what we're facing right now. What right. we're going through. So a second round of lockdowns, a second round of masks, a second yeah. a second push. I mean, it already started in some states, you know. Right. They're right. going back to mask and while they're telling anybody that takes the vaccine, go yeah. ahead and mask up. It's like, what? Yeah. What's the point of taking this stupid vaccine then? It, well, the... Why would you want to commit suicide? Exactly. Or maim yourself with that lethal injection. Right, right. You know? It's just... (laughs) The vaccine's much worse than COVID. Yeah. 
Yeah. 99% uh, chance of yeah. survival of COVID. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a very low percent chance of survival of the vaccine. Yeah. I hate to tell you folks, because people I love and know have taken it. And it hurts. It's, it's, it really hurts to know that. But it's reality. That's where we are right now. Yep. And, but here's, here's the good news. If you have taken the vaccine and now you're stressed out, and you've ran off the road because you're driving. <laughs> Please don't do that. Um, <laughs> new res- uh, there's some new research coming out that it's a, it's a possibility uh-huh. that high levels of vitamin C, D, A, and uh, if you combine that, if you are able to get your hand on it with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, mm-hmm. It can negate the effects of the vaccine, the negative effects, yeah. the maiming effects of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what is it? Um, Glycerin oxide, uh, I, I pronounced that totally wrong, I believe, but it's, it's a poisonous substance that they mm-hmm. found in the vaccine. Yeah. You know, plus mRNA being injected to go into the cells. If you don't have good, strong protection for yourself, you have a strong immune system with vitamin A, that, or vitamin, excuse me, vitamin D that actually protects the cell. It creates a, a protective um, force around the cell. Mm-hmm. Vitamin A actually attacks the, the foreign body in the cell. It's the T cells that, that help your, that, that create your immune system, that uh, the T right. cells attacking the, it's not, it's not the other stuff. So, uh, T cells are the key, but if they're healthy and strong and they're able to uh, to uh, if 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 the if the synthetic mRNA with its lipids are not able to trick the cell to let mm-hmm. the let it into the cell, mm-hmm. then it won't have effect on you. That it'll be expelled out of the body. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. And so you might end up with uh, you know a lot of trips to the restroom for a little bit. To get rid of it, right? right. Um, uh, p- perhaps uh, sores on your body. Uh, we're saying the vaccine creates sores on the body sometimes. Yeah, yeah some reactions. And, and, like, I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if um, that's toxins that are seeping out. I don't Could know. Could be. Could be. But, yeah. uh, but the point is, is that uh, there might be a possibility that good, healthy um, diet with supplements of those sorts could protect you from the vaccine, mm-hmm. the, the negative effects of yeah. it. So there, yeah. there, there is hope there that people <clears throat> yeah. can survive I think it. the same thing happened, yeah. you know, when the virus first hit and the people that were getting sick the quickest or the ones that were getting sick right away were the people that have, you know, obviously pre-existing conditions, but also really, you know, bad uh, immune systems. Right. You know, and I think the same thing's happening now with people who are getting vaccinated. The ones that are really getting sick or really bad side of it because of people that have really bad immune systems. Bad immune systems, yeah. You know, the first thing, I mean, we yeah. we we remember talking, addressing this, and playing some videos and sound bites from some doctors saying, build your immune system. Immune system, immune system. Right. We right. bought vitamins, and right. praise the Lord, he's been graceful oh, and merciful. Yeah. We've been I take all blessed, kinds healthy. Of, I take all kinds of supplements yeah. every day. Yeah, we do as well. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, important. So, praise the Lord, we, so, you know, by the grace yeah. of God, we have not gotten, we gotten sick, but nothing major. Right. Very slight, almost like flu-like symptoms, that's what it was. 
I yeah, and I got what they said was COVID. I mean, I, of course, I now I'm finding uh, and, out. And do you, you remember yeah. that? How different was it than the regular flu? It was it was like the regular flu, right? It was SARS. Yeah, because I had all of the flu symptoms. Mm-hmm. So they were calling the flu COVID. Yeah, is what they were saying. I tested positive for COVID. I had to stay home for two weeks. Yeah, you were quarantined for a couple. I was of quarantined, weeks. Yeah. yeah, from work when I was still working, and. Um, they say, "Oh yeah, you you got uh, COVID," and of course, I'm getting it, my COVID hugs, man. Yeah, and that was early. <laughs> that was early in uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they they, <laughs> of course, it spreads through work, right? And they're not supposed to know, but the word right. gets out anyway, yeah, you know. Right, right. And uh, so, <clears throat> but anyway, um, you know, and I felt. Pretty bad. You remember, I was pretty, oh, yeah, you were I pretty was, sick. I was pretty sick, but I survived it. Right. And I survived it because my immune system was able to fight it off. Right, right. You know, and and I don't, I don't even know if it was COVID. COVID's a cold. Yeah, it's all colds have COVID. It's 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 yeah. it's an upper respiratory system uh, infection. That's what it is. Right. And guess what, folks? We have those viruses in our bodies already. Our bodies are made up of viruses. That's what our bodies are. They're virus. It's a it's a big collection of viruses. Mm-hmm. You know, and viruses are good for our body if it's the good kind, right? Yeah, yeah right. And so it's you know we already have all the we have COVID viruses in our body already. It's just, it's just are they activated to act against us? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so you know just God's in control of this. That's right. Don't don't be unhealthy in your lifestyle. You'll live, you'll have more of a chance of surviving things like this. Number one, and you'll live better. You'll live longer. Of course, God's already determined our departure from this world. I mean, you can be in great oh, yeah. shape, and God will still take hey, you home. He's you got to go home tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you go home yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're healthy or not. <laughs> yeah. So that's, there's the public service announcement portion of the podcast. <laughs> I love it. So we got one more thing. Got one more thing, brother. Unless you got something for me. No, that's it. No, it's all you now. All right, it's time for the squeaky chair. You ready for the squeaky chair? All right, squeaky chair. All right, squeaky chair. Here comes squeaky chair. (laughs) Okay. I found this on the net. Okay. When you know where to look. A second declaration of independence by the 50 United States of America. Uh Uh-oh. That sends shivers up and down your spine. <laughs> it's like what? I can't read this whole thing because it. T- I did a video on this for BitChute, and it uh-huh. took forty minutes to get through it. Oh man! <laughs> so I'm gonna hit the highlights. All right. Uh, trusting our cause is just, and having prayed for the fortitude of brave spiritual wickedness in high places, we citizens of America make this announcement to the shareholders of U.S. corporation, including the City of London, the British Crown, and the Vatican, and their operatives in the media, government, and society. And it is a second declaration of independence by the 50 United States of America. So, uh, they talk about having respect for the original declaration of independence, mm-hmm. and that this is written in the like in the same manner. Uh, the only distinction of this one from the other one in substance is who we are declaring independence from. Oh, okay. And who is that? Um, it is this. Regrettably, to our great misfortune, shame, and dismay, and despite the 
recurrent warnings and accorded safeguards, a cabal of foreign investors and privateers have managed to gain possession of our land, our wealth, our labor, our well-being, our future, and even our children. Hmm. And so they're declaring independence from those folks. Okay. Okay. Although history has become muddled with varied interpretations of cardinal events, including the seripitous adoption of a second corporate constitution and the uncertain uh, ratification of several amendments destructive to the people, it Mm. matters only that one or more alien groups lay claim to America and its assets rather than speculate on motives and weigh unprofitability uh, unprofitably, excuse me, the biased accounts, unverified information, and plenteous theories and opinions, we engage in perfect solution, mm. in a perfect solution, uh, wherein we exact independence from all claimants, past and present, proclaimed, identified, or veiled. As such, the usurpers named in this declaration are representative and not specific or exhaustive, regardless of supposed ancestry, precedent, instrument, or process. Which means they're declaring independence from these world bankers yeah, that, yeah. that have... Now you're saying, what do you guys keep talking about the world bankers? What is that all about? <laughs> what are the world People are probably getting frustrated because they don't understand what we're yeah, talking about. Yeah. So this, I found this a great tool as a teaching tool mm. because it really explains it really well. And so I'm going to go through it and explain it. All right. Okay. It all began at the Civil War. Okay. The inevitable Civil War destroyed America's economy, ripped families apart, and cast a questionable shadow on the future of a once promising nation. America was in trouble financially and needed a massive infusion of capital to get back on its feet. A cabal of nation-building venture capitalists from Europe agreed to finance America's recovery, but demanded an active role of government to ensure their instrument. In 1871, mired in debt, Congress worked out a partnership. In exchange for boundless financial support, the foreign investors would handle America's administrative needs. Although initially it seemed to be an innocuous concession, The consequences of allowing the nation-building venture capitalists to conduct America's business beyond the protections of the U.S. Constitution proved catastrophic. The investors quickly embedded operatives throughout the foreign-owned corporate government in Washington, D.C., began serving the interests of America's financiers over the people. In 1871, America effectively lost its independence. Did you know that? And the nation-building venture capitalists became our new masters. They say that slavery is more prominent today than it's ever been in the history of mankind. Mm, Don't doubt it. Because of human trafficking and sex trafficking. Sure. Yeah. By the early 1900s, the foreign investors that bankrolled America controlled the major newspapers and news services, enabling them to shape what is reported and how it is to be framed. So it started way back then in the early Mm. 1900s. Yeah. They had to cover their tracks before being exposed and repudiated by the people. Mm. The nation-building venture capitalists worked to soften America's imperturbable... (laughs) I can't say that word. 
<laughs> ah, excuse me, I'll move on. Elevated system of government. <laughs> the founders had formed a constitutional republic instead of a democracy, specifically to prevent citizens in the majority of, from oppressing those in the minority by doing what is best for their district or state, rather than enforce the majority will. Representatives serve all citizens equally, eliminating the noise, division, violence, intrinsic to democracies. Being in control of the narrative, the foreign investors ingeniously promoted the fallacy that America is a democracy, hmm. trusting that the deception would lead to unrest and chaos that would make America vulnerable, creating additional opportunities for infiltration and manipulation. Hmm. In 1913, the foreign investors established the Anti-Defamation League a slan to slander anyone who expo exposed them and their infiltration into American politics. Did you know that's what the, did you know that what the Anti-Defamation League was about? No. That's My tongue cool. got really twisted on that. All right, let's try it again. Wow. In 1913, by way of the 16th Amendment, mm. which one is that one, brother? The Sixth Amendment is. I know most people don't know this. I can't remember. It's the one that, the one that's taken out of your paycheck every month. Is that the tax one? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the tax one. That's right. In 1913, by way of the Sixteenth Amendment, the foreign investors were granted the authority to tax the American people directly. <laughs> something expressly for, prohibited by the original Constitution. That's not supposed to happen. Yeah that the people would willingly subject themselves to forced confiscation of their property, their labor, is illogical, putting the legitimacy of ratification in question. Uh -huh. By 1913, or in 1913, excuse me, by way of the 17th Amendment, the foreign investors breached an important safeguard that protected our constitutional republic from infiltration by enemy forces. Previously, senators were statesmen, appointed by the respective state legislatures as a check on the House of Representatives raiding the public treasury. Henceforth, senators would run as glorified House representatives reduced to promising free public money and services for votes. The authenticity of ratification is unlikely because the state legislators would not willingly surrender their authority to bridle the appetite of the people's house, nor would they accede to transfer more power to the federal government, opening yet another door for the international bankers to buy the, the influence they need to further their grip on America. Mm -hmm. So the 16th and the 17th Amendments are in question. In 1913, another 1913, that was a big year, the foreign investors gained control of our currency by pushing through Congress the Federal Reserve Act. Establishing a foreign-owned central banking system despite the dire warnings of Presidents Thomas Jefferson, Andrew Jackson, and Abraham Lincoln, Andrew Johnson, James Garfield, and William McKinley. The Federal Reserve Act passed with the help of compromised legislators between 1.30 and 4.30 a.m. on December 22nd when most members were away on the Christmas holiday. Mm. A little trickery going on. There. Just a little bit. In 1920, Congress, by the way of the Independent Treasury Act, turned over the U.S. Treasury Department and its assets, our gold and silver, <laughs> to the Federal Reserve, the central banking system owned by the foreign investors established in 1913. 
1921, the Council on Foreign Relations was formed under cover of advancing America's interests in the world. In fact, the CFR is sponsored by the City of London and serves to advance the interests of the foreign-owned Federal Reserve by directing the President, Congress, and the narrative through operatives in their news and information networks. Hmm. In 1925, the owners of the Federal Reserve formed the United States Corporation. There you are. There it is. People think, think I was crazy. Here it is in black and white. They formed it in 1925. <laughs> Just five out of the ten... I'm sorry, just five out of the hundred shares issued were identified with the balance of the shareholders of the U.S. corporation remaining anonymous, yet the money trail leads to the city of London, the British Crown, and the Vatican. The Vatican. <laughs> the tax dollars we sent to the Internal Revenue Service, now we get tax dollars out of our check, income tax out of our check every, every month, right? Every, yeah. every, every paycheck. Well, guess where it goes? Not where people think. It goes to the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank, which are under their control. We're paying interest on the debt. Yeah, through of our income tax. Doesn't go to run this, run the country at all. Yeah, it's making the bankers richer. The official formation of the U.S. corporation set the stage for the transformation of America from a constitutional republic of the people to a corporation owned by foreign interests and their families. Over the next few years, the individual states were registered as corporations as well as making them financiers of U.S. corporations. Representatives and senators neither represent nor work for the American people. Rather, they are managers of U.S. corporations, and as such, they are obligated first to serve its best interest. The president is not just the president of America. He is a CEO of the U.S. corporation. Mm -hmm. Now, folks, you understand what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. The, abbreviate, the abbreviated term United States was purposely used to represent both American and U.S. corporation to blur the distinction between them. Similarly, the original U.S. Constitution was quietly supplanted by an imposter, corporate, all capital letters Constitution, that bears a similar name and appearance, again, to confuse and deceive the American people. Specifically, the Constitution for the United States of America was replaced by the Constitution of the United States. Mm. All capital letters. With the letters corporate... Stat statutes becoming the supreme law of America. So the Constitution of the United States is in all capital yeah. letters. In 1933, the U.S. federal government declared bankruptcy, and President Roosevelt, its acting CEO, signed over to U.S. corporation America and its assets, including the people and our labor, were their property. Yeah. The bankruptcy of 1933 that was arguably unnecessary, ceremonial in nature, and, and contrived and orchestrated without the consent of the people, completed the heist and transfer of America and its assets to the same foreign interests who own U.S. corporation. 
In the bankruptcy of 1933, U.S. corporation forced American people to surrender their gold and trade for debt notes called dollars, fiat currency, that has no real value and that is depreciated continually through inflation to where it is worth just four cents today. Pick up four pennies, folks. Look at them. In 1933, that was a dollar. That is amazing. The bankruptcy of 1933 put U.S. corporation in a state of emergency, allowing it to implement admiralty law. I've, I, have I mentioned that before in the podcast? Admiralty law? You might law? have. I you may have. have. I don't know. I've, I've talked about so much. Uh, made evident by the gold fringe around the American flag. So now we know what that's about. We know what that is, huh? <clears throat> when in a U.S. corporate a corporation courtroom, you are considered at sea and not a citizen of America. Sounds wild, doesn't it? Doesn't Sounds like wild. a wild conspiracy theory. Supposedly this was, according to sources, this was signed by President Trump July the 4th, 2020. Mm-hmm. Interesting. In 1936, U.S. Corporation began issuing Social Security numbers to turn otherwise sovereign Americans into trustees of corporate fictions, making our labor taxable, which would otherwise become constitutional. Mm-hmm. According to U.S. Corporation, you are not to live, to live man or woman, but rather a representative of a corporation in your name. In other words, you're not a person, you're a corporation. Oh, yeah. You're not a life man or woman. In 1945, the anonymous owners of U.S. Corp. founded the United Nations under the guise of spreading peace, civility, and humanitarian assistance throughout the world, yet the true purpose is to condition citizens to recognize an international authority, a first step in establishing the promised new world order in which the U.S. Constitution is retired to make room for a universal totalitarian government. Here comes the clincher. United Nations publications Agenda 21 and Agenda 30 revealed the New World Order agenda calling for the end of nationalism, patriotism, private property, individual rights, the two-parent family, (laughs) automobiles, you'll take my my Dodge Challenger out of my cold, dead hands, air travel, (laughs) I don't like air travel anyway anymore, and the right to defend ourselves from a tyrannical government. In keeping with their goal of sustainable development, they plan to reduce the population by over 90%, ridding America in the world of dissidents and useless eaters. <laughs> the remaining useful servants are to live in coastal communities wherein they will be stacked and packed in micro-apartments. It's on, the, it's on the UN website, folks. Go look it up. The only thing standing in the way of their new world order is a strong, prosperous, and secure America. To achieve their goal of world domination, America must lose its sovereignty and leadership position, and thus why the owners of U.S. Corporation quietly work to undermine our culture, systems, beliefs, standards, aspirations, and morals for over 100 years, employing unrestrained methods and tactics. With trillions of dollars at their disposal every year, from taxing our labor, the owners of U.S. corporations fund leftist nonprofit groups, including the Commerce on Foreign Relations, that work to subvert our nation and silence anyone in opposition. They in, in, 
ingratiate the officials and administrators who run the largest charities and organizations, including the AMA, the APA, the CDC, the FCC, the SEC, and the FDA, and they embed operatives in the State Department, the Department of Justice, and the intelligence agencies, official and covert, including the NSA, FBI, and the CIA. And can I add to that one, the SBC? <laughs> yeah, might as well, you know. All right, I'm going to stop it there. There's a more here, folks. Uh, 30 more articles. 33 more articles. Uh, not 33 more. I was at 20, about 13 more articles. Look it up on .go. The second declaration of the American, uh, uh, the second declaration of independence, not the one that they say Abraham Lincoln did, the, the one that was done in 2020. Look it up and read it for yourself, folks. What are we declaring independence from? U.S. corporation and the world mm -hmm. bankers. Yep. And their insurgency against our nation. I'll read the, uh, the highlight. Having exposed the greatest heist and cover-up in history, we are able to summarize. America and its assets were quietly hijacked, and the cover-up has resulted in unthinkable crimes against the people and humanity. Allowing the hostile takeover to stand will lead eventually to complete and irreversible subjugation and the eradication of truth, justice, and all that is good. This second Declaration of Independence distinguishes the United States from, of America from the subversive United States Corporation. It asserts that U.S. Corp. Ha was formed illegally and it is foreign-owned, and that its shareholders have been quietly at war with America for over 150 years. Treasonous operatives embedded within government and the fake news networks purposely divide the citizenry and facilitate conflict among the nations to hide that U.S. corporation is, and always has been, the only real enemy of America. This second Declaration of Independence also repudiates with conviction U.S. Corp.'s satanically-inspired plan for world governance. In addition to being of, by, and for the elite and not the people, their falsely advertised pseudo-utopian, unelected, totalitarian New World Order would supplant America's sovereignty and extinguish forever any semblance of liberty and prosperity. Because natural inclinations predispose human beings to be short-sighted, malleable, and easily bamboozled, one might presume the American people should bear responsibility for being swindled out of their homeland, inherited for their for from their forefathers, who procured and secured it at great expense and much sacrifice, and for slowly but steadily trading their largely unappreciated blessings of liberty, opportunity, and prosperity for trinkets in the form of unearned comforts, frivolous indulgences, and gluttonous pleasures. However, the transfer of ownership from the American people was not conducted openly and with candor, but clandestinely, through calculated design and nefarious means, without body consent and unconstitutionally. It is for the latter reason that the American people claim their right to, re to rectification, 
that the greatest heist in history was affected outside the constraints of the U.S. Constitution and that those who were elected to represent America's best interests transgressed their fiduciary responsibility and exceeded their authority warrants this proclamation that the American people are the rightful owners of our land, our labor, our well-being, our future, our children for our benefit and the benefit of our posterity. As with any negotiated peace, after years of atrocities committed by parties at war, we seek neither vengeance nor demand justice for past transgressions. We simply adjure the return of what rightfully belongs to the people and avow firmly, emphatically, publicly, and officially that America shall forever remain a sovereign nation, free, self-directed, and not affiliated or dependent upon any version or variation of the present planned or invaded New World Order. I like this next part. We entreated a bloodless solution wherein you cease all destructive activities, including false flag events, dissolve U.S. corporation, and all other illicit legal structures and custodial instruments, return our land and assets, including our gold and silver, redirect the tax collected on our labor back to America, and have your deep state and shadow government operatives retire withdrawing your influence in an orderly fashion so society continues to thrive in trade for you keeping your wealth, your position, and your heads. <laughs> So you don't get executed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> basically. <clears throat> In response to questions regarding legitimacy, efficacy, and process, throwing off the shackles of national, can't read the next word very well, uh, is elementary and unambiguous as evidenced by the separation of the 13 colonies from Britain in 1776 and Mexican people from Spain in 1825. A formal declaration held by authorized representatives procures independence that is immediate, whole, consummate, infrangible, and unencumbered by obligation, condition, or imposition. It's getting a little bit blurry in this section. As we enter grievous territory, we reflect on the precarious road our forefathers forged when they judiciously severed the political and familial ties that bound them. Our hearts also are filled with melancholy and trepidation, yet we too are resolute in our posture and position from being confronted with no better option. Despite the manifest peril, the consequences of acquiescence are, are graver still, compelling us to claim solemnly uh, solemnly, our independence once again. So in support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge each other, our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Mm. Uh, and I didn't read the whole thing. That, but basically, this was supposedly signed a year ago. That's something. So, when I got my tax bill this year, and I mailed it in, normally it says Federal Reserve, right? Mm -hmm. right, right. Write it to the Federal Reserve? Right. Guess who they had me write it to? Because we like to write checks still. Yeah. We're old, old school. Yeah. 
U.S. Treasury. Yeah, U.S. Treasury. That's it. That's where it went. That's where it goes now. For the first time in my lifetime. Yeah. To the U.S. Treasury. Huh. Which means we severed ties with the Federal Reserve. Yeah. And they're going bankrupt. The U.S. corporation is going bankrupt. So Biden is the president of a bankrupt corporation. Trump is the president of the Republic of America. We have two presidents in one nation. Crazy stuff. It is. Crazy stuff. It is. Yep. Take that and chew on it for a while, folks. <laughs> a lot. There was a lot. But uh, it's pretty interesting, definitely. Just, uh, you know. You're, you're going to be driving home reflecting, aren't oh, of you? Course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm already reflecting, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's uh, it's good stuff to go over, you know. And It's good news. It's good news, right. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. you know, as Christians, we need to be sober when it comes to mm-hmm. our, our Christian living. We need to always stand on the truth of the Word of God. God is sovereign. He's in control of all things. But a lot of these things are is reality. It's what's happening. And the changes that are taking place. And some, people, some people don't even know about them. No, it's, no clueless because... The news won't report on this. Right. You've got to dig to find it. Duck, duck, go, folks. You won't find it on Google. Duck, duck, go. And you've got to type in the second declaration of independence. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff, my bro. I think uh, we're good. Yeah. We're good for this one. Yeah, you're cooking already. I am roasted. <laughs> we got to get into some air conditioning uh, real quick here. Folks, uh, thank you for joining us, and thank you for all those downloads from the last podcast. We really appreciate all of you. We don't do this for money. We don't ask you for money. This will always be free to you, and uh, maybe a little bit of an expense to us, but um, you know what? It's worth it because our nation is in peril. The world is in peril. We've all felt it over the last year and a half. And we need to fight for our freedoms because they're trying to destroy them. They're trying to take away our freedoms. They're trying to kill the biblical family. They want that gone. Uh, They're trying to kill the nations. And uh, any kind of national uh, identity that people have around the world, Mm -hmm. which is established, by the way, by God. And so just continue to pray and continue to fight. And remember, keep your mind sharp, your heart pure. We'll see you next uh, podcast. Catch you on the flip side. You have been listening to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. It's a blessing to have you. We hope that you continue to enjoy the future episodes and to tune in and share away with others that might be interested. Uh, We wanted to thank our families for supporting us, especially our wives, that uh, they put up with us. They allow us to have time to study and spend time uh, in the Word of God. And uh, in return, they help us as well and they keep us accountable. It's a blessing to have them in our lives. So we want to especially thank them. I also want to thank uh, our church, uh, friends, and uh, the men's study that we have that we continue to be encouraged about. I want to thank all these people because they support us and pray for us and uh, it's a blessing to have in our life. Other than that, I hope you continue to enjoy the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Uh, we will talk to you soon. More episodes to come your way. Other than that, I'm out. 
we're out. God bless you.